Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, the fourth season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It is set in the 24th century and follows the adventures of the Lower Decks, who are low-ranking officers with menial jobs on the starship Cerritos, one of Starfleet's least important starships. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and right off the bat, uh, for this fourth season, they introduce a character that they actually set up in season two. There was a season two episode which was showing you the lower deckers, the uh, the main character versions of this series on other ships. So you sh- you, we saw the lower decks crew of a Klingon vessel, the lower decks crew of a Vulcan vessel and of a Romulan vessel. And during, I think it was the finale for season two, uh, the Vulcan vessel, one of the lower deckers, um, made a decision which helped out the Cerritos, and then they kind of said, well, you're being transferred because you're too emotional. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right. And it's a whole season went by with no no reflection on her, and then we see her in this season, uh, Talyn, played by, uh, voiced by Gabrielle Ruiz, and she's not in every single episode. But she is a fifth member to our four, or our pre-existing four crew uh, on the lower decks. And Absolutely, shows yeah. all the better for it. Yeah, no, she she's great, and it's surprising hearing you say that. And yeah, that's right. She's not in every episode, but it feels like she is. It feels like she's a new, a new mainstay, and it, and just having a Vulcan, having a Vulcan around is pretty cool. I mean, in this season. They all get promotions. I mean, not her because she's still, you know, late to the team. No, she gets a, because uh, she's, what do they call it? It's like a, uh, it's, she's like what T'Pol is in Star Trek Enterprise. Ah, right. it's, it's She's not a Starfleet officer. So it's, it's like a, it's some, uh, it's some other role, but she does get the equivalent uh, promotion for her non-Starfleet role. Right, She's part of the, okay. So in terms of Starfleet, she is given the uh, powers and responsibilities of a lieutenant junior grade. But I think it's like a provisional uh, role is what they call it. So she gets re- ranked up from provisional ensign to provisional lieutenant uh, junior grade. Gotcha. So not quite the same as them, but she's got her, she's got her own promotion yeah so just... if you actually look at her neck she has they have, it is they different have the it is yeah the she's got a different, different shape hip yeah okay can we just take a moment just to acknowledge how amazing it is that we're getting so much star trek i yeah. I, I think we talk we make reference pretty much every time we review something star trek but i mean this is the fourth season of lower decks a fifth season was ordered in march of this year we are getting more, and each season goes for 10 episodes, and they go by so quickly. But just being able to put on Paramount Plus on a Thursday night and watch a brand new episode of Star Trek Lower Decks for those 10 weeks is just incredible. Looking forward to Thursday nights to watching another Lower Decks. 
because you know I think there was an episode last season. Trying to there was an episode I, I didn't like too much. And it did affect the overall season for him, but for the most part, this is a thoroughly enjoyable show. I mean, the cast is fantastic, and they're all back here. We've got Tony Newsom, Jack Quaid, Noel Wells, Eugene Cordero. They voice the Lower Decks crew members, but then we've also got Dawn Lewis, Jerry O'Connell, Fred Tatsore, Gillian Vigman, who they all provide voices for the ship's senior officers. A great cast. I mean, the animation style, I think before we compared it to like uh, like primetime animated comedy, you know, like The Simpsons, Family Guy, that kind yeah. of style. So just having that, but it's it's Star Trek and has, as we've said in the past, it's having fun with Star Trek, not at Star Trek's expense. And I don't think we've talked about this on previous seasons we've reviewed, but when they put out the season posters, what they're doing is paying a homage to the movie posters. So this season is Star Trek for the Voyage Home. I just yeah. love all those little all those little details. But yeah, just loving this show and just even though it's just a 10 episode season, it's the highlight of the week whenever I watch it. Yeah, and they as I said in not laughing at Star Trek, laughing with it. And they go deep cut for their um references. Like even me as a Star Trek fan, it's like wait. Wait, wait! I know this person. When's it from? And as it starts to cl- clue on, I'm like, "That you're referencing that from that one episode from Next Gen from back in like season four of Next Gen in 1990." Wait, what? What are you <laughs> doing? And yeah, it's it's amazing. And yeah, they always do it with the utmost love and dedication. Like the first episode of the season, uh, called Two Vix, which ironically is one of my all time favorite episodes of Star Trek. Oh, really? Um, the Voyager episode. Yeah. But, you know, they're, the Voyager is there. Like, it's literally the Voyager is being, they have to uh, help transport it back to Earth because it's be, going to become a museum piece. Uh, and the first time you see it, it, you know, even the characters, like Boimler's, strongly enough, not excited. It's Mariner who's excited in a Boimler esque way of like, oh my God, Voyager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they have and the, the music. The Voyager the theme music. plays. Yeah. They, oh, yeah, I love that theme. The ship looks beautiful. Um, but the the fun, the fact the main crux of the episode, uh, or the the A story that the episode's named for, is for that highly controversial episode, Tuvix. For those who are uninitiated, in season, oh, see if it was season one of Voyager. Uh, the two characters of Tuvok, their Vulcan uh, science officer, and Neelix, their ship's cook, who was also supposed to be kind of like their um, guide through the Delta Quadrant that they were trapped in 72 years away from Earth. There's a transporter incident, as it tends to be, exactly like happens in the episode with that flower and the pedal and that kind of stuff. And they some are forcibly merged into a new life form with the personal the personality traits of both kind of rearranged into a new form where it has all of their knowledge and skills but kind of combined and enhanced in a single being they call Tuvix for Tuvok and Neelix just smash the two names together 
and they use it as a noun in this. They've been he's been too vixed uh, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. uh for Phillips and uh Dr. Tiana, who they call like uh the Bila- Bilana, which I only because you know, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, so they're their chief medical officer and their chief engineer. Uh but the reason this, the ep- initial voyages episode is controversial is because they find out they have, they find a cure has come up with an EMH program, but it's to essentially kill this Tuvix life form to reconstitute it into it, the two original life forms of Tuvok and Neelix. Um, and the EMH on uh, immoral grounds refuses to do the operation even though he's the one who figured it out and came up with how to do it and no one else is willing to do it. And you're like, how are they going to resolve this? Like they've got to do something. And you follow captain Janeway and she goes and she just straight up splits him. Yeah. And these episode ends. They're like, thank you, uh, captain. And we follow with as uh, her walkout silence with like neutral expression, zero music. And it's just like, Huh? And they they bring it up. They're like, so how did Janeway? She must have. She would. She would have solved this. She straight up murdered him. <laughs> it's the whole thing. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a. This is something that gets brought up in Star Trek fandom all the time. Of like, was she like? Did she do a terrible thing? Was it the right thing to do? Was it a moral thing? Did she have other options? Did the yeah, it is one of those things, and it goes round and round in circles, and they find a way to not have to actually address it, which yeah. is really great, so those debates can be ongoing. But, yeah, it's just brilliant. And that's, like, with all of the love and care they put into any any reference, like when they go to Ferengana, and they've got to pay for everything. They park the shuttle, and they've got to pay yeah. for the shuttle parking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, then – uh, uh, Roimler is in his room. He's like, oh my God, that's where you, uh, that's the shower that you pay for. And there's the thing that you pay for. And there's the machine that you pay for to be able to unlock the machine to pay for the shower. (laughs) (laughs) It's so Ferengi. It's so crazy because everything's profit. There's no such thing as anything meal. And the worst thing that you can do in a uh, society is make up a false claim in order to get a discount, which ends up like hijinks for both. Tendi and Rutherford, which because they're on assignment as a married couple, which of course they're not married, nor are they a romantic couple, despite all the obvious like hints that have been out throughout the years and in the episode of like <laughs> I mean, there's something that that's yeah. surely that's not just friendship. Yeah, yeah, they're there's just definitely so like like somehow. That both of them are so oblivious to the fact they're yeah. clearly into each other, and that's the joke. <laughs> and it wor- it works yeah. really well. You know, when you were talking about two weeks, you reminded me. I'm not sure if you had the same experience on Paramount Plus. I did, so I knew the episodes were out, and it was on the home screen. And when I went into the episodes, they weren't there. Do you know how I had to watch two weeks? I had to go to the season three. Was it season three? Yeah, the season three finale. Skip to the end of the episode, and then it automatically rolled into Tuvix. Ah, I didn't have that issue. The following week, because they dropped the first two episodes, didn't they? 
episode yeah. three the following week, it just played as normal. But I was like so excited, as I've been saying. I went to watch it, and it's like, what? It's not there. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. on the homepage. Yeah, when I go yeah. play the episodes, I had to play around with to to get them to play. You know what I really did like the mystery of what is this ship that was appearing yeah. in the beginning of every episode because the previous seasons we hadn't had that it was more episodic it was the start of a one and done adventure but there was a threat out there taking out ships and it's like ah i wonder what's happening there and then we got on with the regular episode and the next time the ship would turn up it would take down whether it be a klingon a a romulan so that was interesting i enjoyed that yeah and they kind of left certain breadcrumbs to make you come to the wrong conclusion that it was badgy yes only for you to then get the episode that no it's not not badgy it's not badgy at all and but because they led you that way and even that episode opens in the exact same way uh you're like oh it is badgy i knew it and then i just mean but badgy comes watch that episode yeah Yeah. and then you watch that episode it's like clearly no it's not badgy it's not badgy at all and then we get the other episode with this is the episode you didn't like from last season, Peanut Hamper. Oh, that's hated the that one. Episode. I really did hate because it, yeah. Peanut Hamper <laughs> is a character people hate Too for silly. good reason. <laughs> you get to see her come back in this with, uh, well, but it's not her episode. It's the Jeffrey Coombs voiced episode for his uh, evil AI, which I just love Jeffrey Coombs. He's one of the best. Oh, and he's too. one of the, like, the all-time, like, all stars of Star Trek. He's been, I think, on like every version of the show as multiple characters. He is, but, but yeah, for me, uh... I, I love him in The Frighteners. I watched that again yeah. recently. Michael J. Fox. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah. But uh, episode three, they do another Deep Space Nine duck cut uh, where they're on a ring world, which in itself, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. A ring world. I don't think we've ever seen that in Star Trek. And they have a good AI that's running it, that's just having glitches, and it's, like, all apologetic. Uh, but on the B story, the the lower deckers, who are now lieutenants, um, uh, they have to do this thing in the to scan all these chips, and it feels like busy work that they would have done as lower deckers. And Tendy's like, they're hazing us, and they get all <laughs> pissy. So they come up with this, like pretty barbaric way of getting back at the guy to get him stuck in the the the, the board game from that ds9 episode uh run along home and then they he comes up he says this story about how sorry he couldn't deal with the flashing lights because it reminds me of that time when he was a kid and he got stuck in that game for a month because he wasn't smart enough to solve it and he's been traumatized ever since and they're like oh crap and then Paul Mariner has to listen to him go on and on about slap jazz, which was <laughs> another thing that was brought up in a previous episode of an actual show. Uh, and then Rutherford acts, trips the trap and gets stuck in the game and like speed runs it <laughs> to get through. And it does like the Elamiri, Elamara. But so, yeah, all of it, like it's, and only before you find out the guy absolutely was hating him. It was the amazing. So Tendi <laughs> yeah. was right. But yeah, all that again, that's the that's the B plot of this storyline. But all of them 
all the characters, their character arcs make sense. They're, they always learn a lesson. It's always moving forward. And it's always done with such love and respect. Um, I know people were actually annoyed at Mariner's character this season because it felt like she was reverting because she's gotten promoted. She's convinced this is a way she's going to end up going back demoted again. And she's acting out in weird ways because she thinks Jerry O'Connell's uh, character, um, Commander Jack Ransom, great name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Is just going to like bob her off onto someone else because she overhears him and what him and Shaxx are doing the uh, the Deanna Troy, Dr. Crush, oh, the, the yoga thing. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> uh, but he's actually super supportive and just means like it's not going to be a problem because he's not going to allow her to self-sabotage um yeah but that tracked me though i didn't i didn't get annoyed because it did feel like mariner like it's the kind of thing that she does mean we get the episode where we see her more like boimler where she was eager to please and she wanted to be starfleet so we yeah seen in her past when she's wanted something it's not worked out so therefore she just thinks that She's doomed to fail. Yeah. Um, and that ends up leading into the the two-part finale of what the threat is and how it ties into her past and helps her move forward um in her character development, but which they get uh the Tom Actor's character uh, actor to come back to reprise his role the first time he was on Star Trek as um Nick Lacono. Is it Lacono? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Lacano, who was the Nova Squadron guy who they did a dangerous maneuver and ended up getting another guy killed, another recruit killed. Uh, That was a a Crusher episode when Wesley was in uh, Starfleet Academy and Picard had to um, uh, do the investigation. Or he was there on Wesley's behalf. And yeah, he's been drummed out of the Starfleet, and yeah, he's kind of coming back in that. But he's voiced again by the actor, and they have that joke. Rutherford's like, "Don't you think it looks like Tom Paris?" And Boyman was like, "No, oh, what are you talking I just, about?" I just don't like, see it. He has the exact same space <laughs> but because it is him. That's it is him. That's the that's the gag. It's Robert Duncan McNeil, right? Yeah. So he played this character before he played Tom Paris in Voyager. Yeah, oh, I love so, it. So that's what the joke is: is because. Like he looks exactly like Tom Paris because it is him. Yeah, yeah it's the, the same actor. Yeah, it's and star, yeah, so cool. when you see, yeah, it's it's brilliant. And yeah, so much so when I first saw Voyager, I'm like, oh, oh, the guy from the Wesley episode and, and thing. <laughs> he's being given a second chance on Voyager. Wait, what? And the name didn't line up for me. Only for me to like later realize. There were two different characters just happen to be played by the same actor. You know, it is cool. Yeah. In that flashback, you're mentioning Wesley Crusher. They bring back Will Wheaton. Yeah. And uh, the actress who plays the Bajoran, uh, who is the who Mariner's like a fangirling over, she comes back to voice the role as well. So they, go, they go out of their way to they get do, the actors. Because I'm pretty sure... She isn't acting anymore, but she came back for this because they yeah, wanted to come yeah. back. That's that's really cool. I mean, that's what I love about it. It's I love how much effort they put into it. 
They yeah. could probably get away with doing less and it would still be a good show. But I love the fact that they really go for it. Like whether it's yeah. the deep courts, the cast, I love it. Yeah. And the, the recurring joke of people dying and seeing the giant koala. <laughs> like like Boimler sees him this this season. Uh and the Black Mountain, like this this we're kind of jumping all over the place, but this is an episode. Boimler dies because he's not relinquishing control to people he's in charge of and does too much. And he ends up dying. And why he's dead, it's a very Twin Pigsy room with the Black Mountain in the background. And there's the cosmic koala uh, signifying his death. But I just, it just found it hilarious because it's almost like two things because that looks also a lot like the room we see in Picard season one that like Data is in. Right, when yeah. Picard's talking to him in his dream state, and when later on, when he's like on the verge of death, you're like, so it's not just pulled out of thin air, it is a, in itself a reference and deep cut. Uh, I, I feel like this this cosmic koala is going somewhere. Um, and as you know, we're Australian, it's uh, I find it even more fascinating. I'm like, what are you gonna do? What's the point of it? Why a koala? Are we gonna find out? It's yeah. They built it up over like four seasons now. Well, I really getting, want to know. We're, we're getting the fifth season, so <laughs> so maybe it's going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Migliamu, Paul F. Tompkins. He doesn't pop up that much, but I thought in like the the last the second last episode, the inner fight, he was going to have his character moment. He was going to have his heroic moment. He's fighting that giant Orion lady who has an allergy. He puffs up his plume. She That's has an allergic right. reaction. And he's all like, ah, ha, ha. Him and all these food puns, which I love. <laughs> and she passes out and falls on top of him and beats him. <laughs> yeah. Also, he's, he has a few character moments in this in the uh in the in the season. Like when they're all being affected by uh Talin's emotions acting out. Uh, and it's driving everyone on the ship crazy. He starts attacking the the food replicator, saying, "I said regurgitated. This is barely cough back up." <laughs> yeah. He like shoots it with a phaser. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. There's all these like quick jokes and all these massive references, but yeah, I I love this show so much. Uh, I'm so glad we get another season because this season felt like it whizzed by. I'm shocked we get 10 episodes. It really feels like we get like four. And then yeah. I'm I'm sat around twiddling my thumbs waiting for the next season, which I don't have to wait too long. Because Star Trek Discovery final season will be here shortly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And have you heard about Star Trek Prodigy that it's been picked up by Netflix. Netflix, thankfully. I know, but so weird. Paramount Plus is the home of Star Trek, except for Prodigy. It is the only Star Trek that's... But I'm happy that it's been picked up. Christmas Day is when Netflix get the first season, and the next year they're putting out season two. Yeah, because that was for the entire while... Lower Decks season four was coming out. There was that question in the air of like, it's up for cancellation. 
Paramount have said they will not renew it or CBS will not renew it, but they are shopping it around to see if anyone's willing to pick it up uh, and take over the costs to do more seasons. And thankfully, Netflix jumped right on it and like, yeah, we'll take it. We've heard from Star Trek fans that they love it. And those, if you're listening and you haven't checked out Star Trek Prodigy, do check it out. It is targeted. It is marketed and talked about as if it's targeted for a younger audience, which you feel in the first few episodes. But it's very much a Star Trek show, and you absolutely should check it out. It really is. And there's a lot of Catherine Janeway. Yeah, especially when you get to that mid-season break, the actual Janeway, not just AI on the ship that they've stolen. It's a it's a good show, but I I remember thinking before it came out, I thought they were skewing younger than what they actually have. You know, there's that Star Wars is it Jedi Academy on Disney Plus where it's preschool. I thought it was going to be more like that, but I think it's odd though because you know the fact that. They had to shop it around, whereas everything else, Star Trek, is on Paramount Plus. But again, Netflix, they've saved it. You know, they've saved a few shows over the years, and I'm glad that they've saved Prodigy. But we've got the special movie event to look forward to next year Star Trek Section 31, starring Academy Award winner Michelle Yao. So that's going to be interesting, the first of its kind. But before that, as you say, we'll get Star Trek. Discovery, and it's the final season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're we're talking other track. Uh, before we wrap up, though, I just want to acknowledge the composer. I'm not sure if we did last time. The show has had the same composer every season, Chris Westlake. He's known for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Worked in the music department, of course. That was composed by John Williams, I believe. Uh, And then he's the composer on this. So he's obviously giving us all the original music, but then we're getting all the Jerry Goldsmith cues and everything else. It just fits, again, the cast, the animation, the score, all of it just working perfectly together. So if you're going to rate season four out of five. Yeah, um, you could probably hear it from my voice this is five for me i love this show so much i bounce back and forth over if this at the moment if this is my favorite star trek or if strange new was my favorite star trek because i think episode to episode this is more consistent but like anson mount and uh all the characters on lower decks are just like crushing it over there but i do think on a week-to-week level, uh, overall, the consistency on Lower Decks for me uh, is higher. Um, yeah, I, I just love it unabashedly. I love the, the deep cuts. I love the references. They always do it justice. I like the fact that they're expanding the the cast with Talin, who you know had multiple ch- always chances over the season to leave, to go back to her Falcon ship and decided not to. But we do lose, lose Tendi. She, through the final episode, has to go back to Orion and serve her as was it the the the, the mistress of the winter? And that's um, which is like she's royalty, isn't she? Yeah, yeah that's, basically. that's that's the whole thing. I do get the impression though that's going to be one of those mid-season things where yeah, we're going to come back for the fifth season. 
there would have been time that she's had away, but then she's going to be maybe maybe the second episode. She'll be back. Yeah, a few episodes the and they'll resolve it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I love it. I love I love all the cast, all the uh, all the jokes. Um, I love that they they hint at the Strange New Episodes crossover. They do Without spoiling yes. anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that absolutely happened. We know that now it's happened between season four and uh, three and four for lower decks. Um, so we have a like where it comes in. So yeah, I just more, more lower decks. We are gonna get it. So uh I'm just unabashedly loving this show myself. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest, but I heard you say five. I thought, wow, five. I mean, that's a perfect score. That's really high. But then if you're looking at your personal enjoyment and it's like, okay, and for me, I'm thinking it's Thursday night. I'm going to watch a new Lower Decks. For the 10 weeks that it's on, like there's not, it's a show where I never save it up. I never like wait until I got two or three episodes. Like if it's out, I'll watch it. And this is a really solid season. With you, when it comes to Strange New Worlds, that is the best Star Trek show. But this is working on another level. It's really enjoyable. I mean, you know, like you say, Strange New Worlds actually gave us the Lower Decks episode, which was which was amazing how they pulled off that crossover. And do you know what? Five out of five, like week to week enjoyment. I didn't have that episode like I did last season, which really rubbed me up the wrong way that I didn't enjoy. There's so much to enjoy here. And, you know, we mentioned uh, Badgie is back once again, voiced by Jack McBrayer. But not just Badgie, we've also got Goodgie and Logicy. Yeah. I just love how silly it gets. Like, it's just, it's it's so much fun. So there you go, like perfect scores from the two of us. Yeah. Well, that's it for an episode all about Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook at Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.